Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Got it. Oh, McKinley Wright. Welcome into the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by Drift Car Sharing. Um, it's it's me, Henry, again, um, just like it is every day. And I, I don't even know where to start today. Usually I throw like a little teaser before I tell you about Drift Car Sharing. We're not going to do that. We're going to jump straight into Drift Car Sharing. So um, if you are lucky enough to be traveling, getting away from this blizzard oh there's a fight is this a blizzard i don't know vic lombardi's now telling me it's not a blizzard and you you know like how do you argue with that man um i don't know all i know is it was really tough to drive up to boulder today it took like 80 minutes instead of the 40 it usually does 35 it usually does and um it was worth it though we got good stuff back to drift car sharing if you are lucky enough to be getting out of this weather then hopefully you dropped your car off at a uh, a drift parking lot um, outside the Denver International Airport. Sorry, Ryan just texted me with the headline. Um, Okay, I'm totally 100% focused. No more of these little pauses, no tangents. We're getting through this news today because I have to get to this Nuggets game that starts an hour and 40 minutes. So we're going to refresh but not delete any of that because uh, we're trying to keep it real here. Um, drift car sharing. You drop your car off in their lot. Uh, you don't have to pay to park there. They actually pay you because they rent your car out. They clean it for free. It's insured when they rent it out. You don't have to worry about that. Um, if you pay 30 bucks a day for parking, but you can pick up 20 there, then all of a sudden that's a $50 a day swing just by dropping your car off. Plus they clean it. And I'm sure they do a better job than I did. And my dad always gave me way too much money to clean his car when I was a kid. Uh, and so they probably give you more than that i don't i I don't know car cleaning is valuable um also you can rent a car at drift if you need more information go to drivedrift.com you won't be disappointed i still haven't tried it uh but i probably should because i talk about it a lot okay um a lot to get to about the buffs today uh let's start here i tease we're talking basketball we had to push that back again and here's what's been going on with that um like i said blizzard want to repeat blizzard uh happening outside and uh i've been trying to get ben girding on uh the dnvr buffs intern who's going to be stepping up uh in his responsibilities just a little bit trying to get all those figured out trying to find a time to sit down um obviously he goes to school in boulder so he's busy and i want to get him on the podcast so you guys can hear all his takes too and we tried to do that yesterday we tried to do that today couple days we're gonna have him on after the blizzard after this stops screwing up everybody's schedules um and we're saving basketball talk for that because he's he's a basketball guy um 
and we will really dig in now because we're pushing it with that Pomona Pitzer game being on Saturday. Um, so that's what's going on there. Uh, so today, though, we want to talk about the press conferences. So who did we hear from today? We heard from, first, LaVisca Chenault. And he was pretty bubbly today. He was chatty um, in a way that he usually isn't. Uh, we were talking after that may have been his best media availability uh, at CU. And obviously, I wasn't around last year to see the rest, but it's it's obvious that he's growing. It's obvious that he's becoming more comfortable. I, I think he took a little of the pressure off of himself there at times. I, I think I explained it early on, like a, a month or two ago, as you know, a, a lot of guys when you talk to them, Mel in particular, he just understands that with any question you ask, there's this why that's implied. It's like, so... Uh, did uh did did you see anything from the defense that surprised you and he doesn't just say yes or no he understands that there's like the second part that you implied is and what exactly was that but we don't always follow up our questions with a second question immediately like i don't go up there and ask hey lavisca uh what happened on that slant route or did you see something you like from that slant route and what was it? you know that kind of stuff and and so he isn't a guy who naturally just keeps expanding and expanding trying to touch on every topic that you could possibly want to hear about which is what uh mel tucker does and we really appreciate that because you just get so deep into his head following his train of thought um doing it with me might sound a little bit crazy but with him you're just like wow He's a smart guy, and listening to him talk, I become smarter. And LaVisca, though, today really did take a step in that direction. I, I pressed him on the on on what happened on his 71-yard touchdown. You remember, they have like the double slant concept on the left side, man coverage, um, get the ball to LaVisca on the slant, he gets separation, and that means that there is nobody in front of him downfield, and he outruns everybody, gains ground uh, on all of them, even though they were behind him to start with. So, you know, we talked about that, and I wasn't the first one to ask. Somebody else asked him about it, but then I tried to dig in a little bit because, you know me, like to nerd out about the football, and LaVisca's not a guy who naturally is that way. I think uh, we talked to KJ Trujillo afterward, and he was a little bit more like that, but LaVisca, you know, he's he's a receiver. He, he goes out there. He runs the route he's supposed to run. He knows how to run his route. It isn't like talking to a quarterback like talking to a safety even who has to diagnose things on the other end. Like what are the weaknesses? What are the strengths on our side that they're going to try to pick apart? His job is to do what he's told to do. Um, but but he did have some insights. He said, you know, that's something that we saw on film. We saw that their corners don't crash hard enough on those uh, shorter routes, the slant type routes. And so we knew that there'd be space on that route. We ran it and got me the ball and... I took off like I do, uh, and that's pretty much it. Uh, he also m- mentioned that they had seen that on tape. It wasn't just that they had seen that they don't crash on those routes. They'd seen other teams take advantage of this defense this way. Um, didn't get to dig in too much about the man coverage in the first half and the heavy zone in the second half because there isn't enough time to talk about everything I want to talk about. But, you know, he, he had some thoughts. And, and at first when I asked the question, I can't remember what I asked, something like, Oh, is is that or why why did that play work? Um, and he said, you know, it's something that we game planned. It's something that we saw on tape. And he paused, and then he took off again and explained all the, that stuff. And I really appreciated it um, because it's fun to hear how football players think about football instead of people who just watch it on TV like I do and the people who write about it often do. 
Um, so yeah, uh, enjoyed that. Enjoyed hearing from LaVisca. A couple more notes from him. First of all, he said that he's feeling like he's close to 100%. Um, and a couple of weeks ago when I asked him, like, did you, what, what's the difference between now and a couple of weeks ago? And he, he kind of laughed. He's like, uh, it's, it's not the same. He was not close, but he was just doing what he could. And I think that that's been obvious in the way that not only in the way that he's played, not only the numbers he's put up, but also in how productive he has been when he's been on the field. Um, and, and how they've used him, how they've used him, you know, getting him the most targets that he's gotten all season on Friday. Um, putting him back in that wildcat, uh, something that we didn't see much of earlier in the season when he was a little banged up. Um, you're starting to see Visca at full force, and I think that this UCLA game could be an opportunity for him to really take a jump forward. And again, I mean, we'll see how it goes. This wouldn't be the first time that I've called uh, Visca breaking out, but you know, it's only happened one or two times this season. Um, always good hearing from him. Again, he was in good spirits, which is exciting. Uh, before we start talking about KJ Trujillo, who was actually standing next to the podium waiting to go up next, um, when somebody asked LaVisca about uh, KJ, um, so that's always fun, like getting talked about in front of your face like that. Um, Visca said, you know, that it's night and day. Him, KJ, or not just him, uh, him but uh, uh, Mark Perry uh, the younger DBs, the way that they've improved, which is something that we've heard uh, from KJ, from others, that there really has been a, a big step up from the the young defensive backs in particular since the start of the season, since fall camp. And that's that's what you want to see. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's Visca. That's what we talked about with him. And uh, next up was KJ. And these are the ones down below, so like right outside of practice, immediately after practice on Tuesdays, they give us like two guys at the podium, and then up top you get uh, two more guys, another offensive, another defensive guy, and then Mel Tucker in the press conference like an hour later. Um, and so these are like the quick right after practice, the ones that aren't as well attended, um, kind of just the beat writers get to ask questions, the three, four, f- sometimes five, right around there, that many of us. Um, and I think that those are probably the more interesting, you know, that everybody has their own agenda. The TV guys are looking for, you know, a, a good TV story, which is how is this weather changing the game? Um, which is a, which is a good story and something that's interesting, but it's also very visual. Like, look, here they are practicing inside. Look at the snowstorm and it's tied into something that the general news viewer is interested in, which is this weather. Um, so even if they're watching the sports because they're interested in the rest of the newscast, they still stick around because they're like, oh, story about the weather, not just about football. Um, and so we got to hear about that, which is all interesting stuff, of course, but it's not the same as the four of us who are there to talk strictly about football, talking to a football player. Um, and so we got to dig in with KJ. You know, I've been hyping up his performance. I think pretty much everybody has been hyping up his performance against USC. He really did take a step forward. It was the best game that, maybe the best game I've ever seen a freshman cornerback play. I guess there's that Paulson Adebo who uh, was a freshman All-American. I can't remember seeing him play, though. I would guess he looked better than KJ, but you never know. Um, Also want to say that, you know, I've kind of ragged on KJ for being a little guy. uh, Six foot, 165. Um, Again, I look at him typically when he's standing next to, you know, a receiver, a LaVisca Chenault, and you're like, oh, 
Sure, six foot one sixty five. I do want to take back what I was saying yesterday that I might be bigger than him. I think that he is bigger than me. Weight wise, probably pretty similar, but he has an inch, maybe two inches on me. Um, also, he's all muscle and <laughs> cannot say the same about myself. Uh, let's get to what he had to say though, instead of what he looked like. And I, 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 I asked him about the the touchdown he gave up. And that's always kind of the weird thing about, you know, they bring out guys who played well typically in these situations when they're having guys at the podium. And so KJ gets out there because he did play a stellar game. But then what do you say? Like, oh, you played well. Who's helped you play well? And it's like, yeah, kind of interesting stuff. Uh, how does it feel to play well? It's like, well, you know, I'm just playing football like I always have. You, you don't really get as much interesting stuff talking about the things that are going well. And so that's why I asked... You know, you definitely had like a great game. You had more pass breakups than anybody else. You had the interception. You had the sack. But you also gave up that touchdown to Tyler. What did you see on film of that play? And that's a play that I have talked about a lot on this podcast because I think that it really does sum up where KJ is. You know, Tyler Vaughn's a great receiver, second-rated receiver in his class. He's headed to the NFL for sure. He's an NFL body for sure, and KJ isn't there yet. In a few years, maybe he'll have one. But KJ stuck with him um, like he did most of the game on that play. He was right there, and he just didn't quite have the technique to get the ball away from him at the end of the play. And so I wanted to hear how he reflected on that because... It tells a lot. Where where LaVisca, uh, he gets football. You can tell he gets football, but he isn't somebody who's going to... I mean, he isn't going to like run up to a coach and be like, hey, here's here's this route combo that's going to tear him apart. And, and that, again, that's only based on a couple conversations. He's a little shy. Like, sure, we don't know for sure, but KJ's a little more inclined in that direction, I would guess, based on his response. Because he said... Um, you know, I, I I played the way I want to. I stuck with him. Um, but then at the end, I just mistimed that jump. Um, I mistimed my feet getting outside to get that. And if I had gotten it, then all of a sudden that's another pass breakup or I think it could have been another interception. And that's exactly what I saw on tape. And this this has turned into me flexing again and I really hate that. But But I'm just glad that he was able to watch that tape, break it down, see what went well, see what didn't went, go well, and then figure out what he needs to fix. Because that's what getting better is, is being able to say, oh, this worked, this didn't work. And sure, doing a bunch of footwork drills in practice, having balls thrown at you, like naturally you'll kind of start to get, oh, this is when I need to start leaving my feet to get over to get over to the sideline on this dive to knock this ball away. I mean, some of it is feel, but at the very, very least, going back and seeing that that is the piece that was missing on that play... At the very least, that part is huge. Recognizing where you do need to grow. Can you can you implement the technique based only on seeing the wrong technique on film? Maybe. Maybe if you're really good at the film, maybe maybe next time he's in that situation, he's he's thinking about it. And again, that's that whole like, do you want to be thinking too much on the field? And I think that might get overplayed a little bit. But next time he's there, he might realize, you know, just wait a second. Just, just wait. The ball isn't here yet. Don't panic. You're in good position. He's not all of a sudden going to beat you. If you jump too soon, you're not going to be able to high point it. If you dive too soon, it's going to be behind you. It's going to ruin your angle. Um, and and I think that he does. He gets it. Um, he, he gets that he can watch film. He can see those mistakes. 
he can realize that it's just relaxing. And he said the same thing. Playing cornerback is just being neutral, uh, not getting too high, not getting too low, just just keeping going. Because any play can be a touchdown either way, maybe more so than any other position on a football field. Um, you know, defensive lineman, sure, you can break through, get a sack, but at the same time, you blow an assignment, it's probably not giving up a touchdown. You know, there's a good chance it's only three more yards because a linebacker can come clean up your mess. When you're playing cornerback, you can either pick that pass off and bring it back, or if you blow it, he, your receiver's gone for a touchdown. And that's why so much of it is, you know what, sure, everything's broken my way so far, but I still have to go out there because this play could ruin this entire game for me. Um, and at the same time, things aren't going well. You can get that one pick, turn everything around. Um, and and he, he seemed to get that, and that very much is his personality. Um, where LaVisca is a pretty smiley guy, uh, he'll, he'll laugh a little bit. KJ's kind of tense. Um, not like loud tense, but just this quiet tension. Um, Mel Tucker. I just want to say Mel Tucker. Uh, you know the way Mel talks. KJ has a little bit of that in him as well. Um, th- that that was my biggest takeaway from hearing from KJ. Um, also, it was nice to just stand next to him and see what exactly his size is. And after seeing LaVisca stand in that same spot, you know, maybe not a guy I want to put on Visca. You know, giving up 60 pounds is going to be tough for anybody. But... Uh, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. Uh, okay. Uh, I think that that's going to do it for the first segment. Um, plenty more to talk about. Jalen Sammy talk or spoke. He spoke. Spoke. Oh, these words aren't coming out. Uh, heard from Jalen Sammy. Heard from Steven Montez. Heard from Mel Tucker. And we're going to get to all of that. Um, but also, I want to tell you about Breckenridge Brewery because I love Breckenridge Brewery. Uh, drink a lot of their beers. Drink their beers too regularly, maybe, but uh, it's because they're so good, and they're so good to us as a company. Uh, we love having them around. We love their support, and we love supporting them. You know, we we have subscribers. I don't know if you guys are around. If you guys are just strictly Buffs fans, you weren't here for all of the Breckenridge Brewery craziness, uh, because I I wasn't doing this, and the Buffs beat was still dead, but uh. People in Montana were like drinking Breckenridge beers out of a boot as some sort of like joke after one of the Broncos podcasts and like Breckenridge got a hold of that. Like the people are so bought in and that's why these partnerships work for us. And if you guys haven't had a chance to be that bought in to to try Breckenridge Brewery, to check out their awesome, I think they call it the farmhouse out there in uh, Littleton. I'm starting to learn where all these places are in Denver, which is kind of weird. But uh, it's an awesome place. Uh, I don't know what they do in the winter because a lot of it is like outside. Like they have a bunch of cornhole. They have like all those sorts of games. I think they have like fire pits out there too now that I think of it. But then the inside is just this massive farmhouse that they turned into a brewery. And it's it's pretty cool. Great food. Um, it's It's like... It's like fancy food, but for people who can, who who can't afford fancy food. Except the food really is that good. The prices just aren't that high. And then obviously the beer is really good. Uh, that's where I learned the word charcuterie, actually. Um, so I don't know. Check that out too, uh, because it is really a, a cool spot. 
with cool people. Um, also, if you want Breckenridge beers for free, you can come to our Broncos tailgate on Sunday before the Broncos play whatever team that they're playing that's probably better. Th- oh, it's the Browns. So the Broncos are going to lose. I think Ryan said it's going to be like 9-9 going into overtime. Uh, yeah, but you don't come for the game. Come to hang out, drink some beers, and uh, enjoy the sun. It's supposed to be like in the 50s, 60s maybe. Um, so that'll be a that'll be a good time. Lots of Breckenridge beers, United Orange, uh, Colorado Core usually have some Avalanche. We have a lot of Strawberry Sky, the classic, of course. Um, yeah, it's a good time. So come hang out. Uh, also, would like to tell you about Vita Mobile IV. Um, there are a lot of reasons that people would need to have an IV. Uh, most of them because of health problems but sometimes just for other reasons, such as if you drink too much um, is the time where I could see this coming to my life. And it's why Vita Mobile IV came into Ryan's life, went into, yes, went into Ryan's life. Those blizzards kicking up outside. Uh, But he was at the uh, Blake Street Tavern, another cool place, uh, for the Broncos D or what would we call it? It was like the BSN Broncos draft party where we had like 50 different fantasy teams and we were all drafting. It was before a Broncos preseason game then we watched the game. Um, fantasy drafts, obviously an occasion where people drink. Uh, preseason football, only way you can watch is if you drink. And uh, then also, uh, we're at Blake Street Tavern, a bar where you drink. So that, that, that trio right there was the reason why Ryan had a bit of a rough morning, called Vita Mobile IV. They went to his apartment, and they fixed him up. He used the code HYD20, saved 20%. He said within 30 minutes he'd gone from a 4 to a 9, and then he ate a sandwich and was back to full strength. So uh, I don't think that, he, that they bring you the sandwich, but they definitely bring you the IV. And it's a great service. It's not as expensive as it sounds to have somebody come administer an IV, especially if you use the code HYD20. Get 20% off. Uh, go to VitaMobileIV.com to check it out. All right. Uh, now we are talking about, um, let's go with Stephen Montez next. And I actually wrote a story about this that I'm going to drop the same time I dropped this podcast. Uh, I had Ryan work on headlines because uh, I'm really bad at headlines. Nobody would click on my stories if I got to write my own. Um, But here is what Steven Montez had to say. Uh, the, The big thing is, or the, what I took away at least, was his approach to the, uh, to, to running the football. And it changed. And I don't want to ruin everything that he said. Obviously, you guys can go back and watch the press conference. You can hear what he had to say. But I wrote a story about how he's now finishing runs. It's like a thousand words on him and kind of like where LaVisca is in that regard, how he's kind of made a name for himself, but also he's been hurt. And Steven got hurt. And he talked about taking that hit to the head. And he said some things. I mean, whenever. <laughs> so, so the way it works is like the SID is in charge. of. It's like the PR person for the buffs and so that's Curtis Snyder he was like hanging out in front of the room like just kind of like watching Steven go while we ask him questions he's the one who's like okay ready for questions also like one more question for Steven like that kind of thing but also he's kind of in charge of just this whole messaging aspect of the program um and so 
whenever somebody says something that's even like slightly controversial, just by habit, I look over at Curtis and I just about broke my neck uh, looking over at Curtis after Steven started talking about going through concussion protocol. Uh, remember that late hit that we've spoken a lot about um, at the end of the third quarter against USC, knocked him out of the game, sent him back to the locker room, was not was not called by the referees, you may remember. Uh, probably should have been. But here's what he had to say about today. He was asked if he felt like himself when he returned. Steven said this, I mean, we're talking about football. If after a big hit, you don't feel a little bit woozy, then you're just Iron Man or something. I definitely felt good. I didn't feel like anything was too wrong. They cleared me and I passed my concussion protocol test, so I was eager to get right back in there as soon as possible. I was trying to get out of the tunnel and go get back out on the field and try to help my team get a win. Um, I it, Maybe that part wasn't quite as bad as it seemed in the second, but you know when he says, if after a big hit, you don't feel a little bit woozy, I mean, that's a, uh, in, in this era of concussion awareness, you don't see people say things like that where they kind of admit, yeah, like, yeah, I, I felt it in my head. Like I was, things were a little foggy there for a minute or two. And he said the same thing after the game. Um, I don't know. And I don't really have a take on that, but it's just something that it, we can throw out there is that. He said he feels like himself. He also said he felt a little bit woozy. Uh, so there you go. Uh, I spoke a little bit about UCLA. We'll dig into that um, in the next couple of days. Um, yeah. Uh, he, he's he's comfortable with uh, both Blake Stenstrom and Tyler Lytle. Uh, he thinks that they have uh, good futures in Colorado. Uh he he said he thought that Blake was going to house the 27-yard run, the the one snap that Montez missed, the one offensive snap. Um, so yeah, uh, nothing too specific outside of that. But the big stuff, and this is what I wrote about, and I don't know how we came off this topic, but he's he's running the ball more, and this was a conscious decision he made uh, for a couple of different reasons. And I again, I can't spoil all my all the points of my story otherwise the subscribers have nothing but uh uh yeah so so what happened was he he just decided like i can do this we can't afford to not pick up yards and so i'm going to finish every run that i can get and he talked about some of the conversations some of the other things that led to him uh deciding to do this um but he also said when when you don't run hard, that's when he thinks you can get hurt. Uh, it's it's in those moments when, you know, maybe there's a defender in front of you. Maybe there's a defender behind you. Maybe there's both. And, and like, you can get run down from behind. You can get sandwiched. And that's why you just kind of have to commit to it. Um, also mentioned how you uh, he doesn't feel like the refs are marking the slides properly. He thinks that they're setting them a little bit too far back. He's like, you know what? I just got to do it. Um Here's a fun quote that I didn't use. Um, he was asked if he was surprised that they're implementing more designed runs for him. And he said, no, not with what we're trying to do. I think they're trying to get me to stay in the pocket and work the pocket, which I still think I did a decent job of on Friday. But just to really sit in the pocket when things break down, kind of like how Tom Brady or Peyton Manning, and I'm not comparing myself to Tom Brady or Peyton Manning, don't get me twisted, but I'm just staying in the pocket and trying not to take unnecessary hits. Um, you know, and, and you could see that. 
and and some of that is like we've said, like the Buffs can't afford to lose Steven Montez. Um but at the same time, they really can't afford to be giving up every inch that they can gain at the same time. You know, they're just not the, a good enough football team to be saying, you know what, let's take one yard off every play and we're still going to be just fine. Uh, but they also can't lose their quarterback and it's kind of this balance. And it's something that I've been frustrated with the Broncos about all year with Phil Lindsay, where we were talking about on the Denver Sports Podcast about a month ago and Ryan was on and he was saying, you know, they're just trying to be smart with Phil. They, they aren't trying to give him too many carries so that he gets hurt, so that he gets worn down by the end of the year. Um, they're trying to keep him in that 12-15 zone. And I said, well, I'd, I'd rather win than be smart. Like, at some point, you just have to win, you know? And 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 if you're losing because you aren't giving the guy enough touches, got to give him the, 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 the ball and see what happens. Um, that's a... Uh, that's that's kind of my my take there and i think that that might that concept might be behind this shift to steven running the ball in these designed runs to finishing runs um it sounds great to say don't get your quarterback hurt it also kind of sounds great to say pick up every yard you can but uh the buffs kind of just need him to do everything he can possibly do if they're going to win and if he gets hurt doing it then that's just the risk that you have to live with. Uh, similar to LaVisca, like we were talking about before the season. And LaVisca talked about today. Um, he's he's getting the carries. He feels good carrying the ball. He's getting a lot of touches. He loves the Wildcat. But we talked about, you know, should he be punt returning? Should he take those hits on top of all the hits that he already takes? It's easy to say, no way, you, you got to keep him safe. But at the same time, what does it take to win football games? And for LaVisca, what kind of production does it take to actually stick in the top of the first round of this draft with so many good receivers producing? It's a balance that you have to find. It's easy to fall way on one end of the spectrum or the other, and and figuring out where exactly to fit in is just so difficult because it's so obvious when, like Steven said, you know, we lost that game on Friday by inches. Like, somewhere in there, there's a play that somebody could have made that would have won us the game. And you never know. Like, would would Visca falling forward for two more yards on one play somewhere just set off this chain reaction where they win the game? Maybe. Maybe not. But when they're losing and they aren't getting the ball to their best players as much as they can, it it's ugly. It's ugly. Uh, we can move on, though. Um... Yeah, I, I he also spoke about how he really does want to go to a bowl game. Uh, it's I, I think that today was kind of transitionary for us as media members in terms of the way that we're seeing this football team ap- approach this season. Um, I, I it felt like today was the first time where things kind of felt like, you know, we're almost done here. We've got what a month. Yeah, about about a month left of this football season, which honestly just kind of sucks. As much as I say, like, oh, this off season is gonna be kind of nice, like having a little bit of free time, not going up to Boulder, not hearing about this type of stuff, it's gonna be really hard. I'm seriously gonna have withdrawals. Luckily, the podcast will continue, so we'll have plenty to talk about, and obviously, we'll have basketball going on, and it won't be until like April that we really do get an off season. But you know, we we heard is, is he was asked, "Is there pressure to make a bowl game since it's your last year?" And 
Stephen said, well, let's just read the quote. I put that type of pressure on myself every week because every single game that we play is important. The next game is the most important game, and that's how we look at it. I've been putting that type of pressure on myself the whole season, and I think the whole team does as well because everybody here wants to win. Every single person in this building or that works with this program, they want to win, and we want to win. So we just need to get things a little bit better, and hopefully we'll get uh, the end result that we want. Okay, so that was not the quote I thought. He was asked again on the importance of uh, making a bowl game, and here's what he said. This is the one where I kind of was like, ah, it, it would be too bad to see Steven Montez go out of here without playing in that bowl game. Uh, he said, uh, it's extremely motivating. We haven't seen a bowl game in two years. The last one we went to was in 2016 to the Alamo Bowl where we played Oklahoma State. We want to play in a bowl game. We want to get to the postseason and just send the seniors out the way that we want to be sent out. Getting that last game, being able to do all the fun stuff wherever we go for the bowl game, and bowl games are just fun, period. You get to go around your brothers, or you get to be around your brothers in a hotel for a week, and you get all that extra time to practice. The practice time is also very huge because you get an extra month and a half of extra practice. So that'll set the team up for next year, even better than they were going to be if we don't get the bowl game. So it's definitely a big motivating factor for us. We want to get to that bowl game. Um, you know, that's where we are. Uh, we're kind of coming down to crunch time where they have to win three games and they can only lose one of the remaining four. It's going to be tough, obviously. They're going to have to beat Washington or Utah. Neither of those games are going to be easy. And then they have to handle their business starting with UCLA this week and then Stanford next week. And then they'll have two shots to steal one and make it into a bowl game. But, yeah, I mean, we're kind of getting to that point where it's like, wow. He's he's gone. Steven's gone at the end of this season. Uh, Tim Lanott, you know, Arlington Hambright, uh we don't need to name all the seniors you guys know, but it's it's winding down. It's winding down, and they really do need to get things clicking. An extra month of football would just be incredible. Um, and like he said, for the future, too, and Mel, Mel reiterated that. He said, you know, we want to get to a bowl game because we want that extra month and a half of practice. Uh, that is so huge. When we see the way that this team has struggled implementing all of its schemes, and they did better against USC, obviously, and Mel spoke about that. Mel said, you know, uh, we missed some tackles, but everybody seemed to be in good position. And I think that that's largely correct. Uh, obviously, there were still some mistakes in terms of positioning, but not nearly as many as we've been seeing for most of this season. Um, hopefully that they're turning that corner. Hopefully they can get that extra month of practice to lock everything in that they have been improving upon. Uh, should probably move along. Um, Jalen Sammy also up there. Uh, he wasn't up there for long, but he he did say that he feels like he's playing pretty well, but there's still room to improve. Um, trying, to, trying to stop the run, trying to uh, put pressure on the quarterback, help, help the young DBs. Um, and he thinks that he's been doing well, still thinks that they need to improve, and I think that that's a pretty good read. Remember, he's only a redshirt freshman still. He's got three more years of being the nose tackle. Um, he, he said that he does enjoy playing against the run. That's that's when things get competitive for him, when he's trying to stuff both of those A-gaps, um, trying to fill everything up so that the linebackers can make plays. That's what he gets into. That's what gets him fired up. Um, you know, 
not not as much the passing game where he actually did he get a sack I think he did get a sack this week as a nose tackle which is rare it's a talented guy big guy um also said that he feels like the culture's changing uh the defense is improving um they're they're fixing the small mistakes fixing the mental errors fixing the effort um and and that's uh that's what the season was supposed to be okay um on to mel and we're gonna try not to spend too much time on this mel loves to talk he he did say today like they announced right before the the press conference that they were actually going to shut down campus in 30 minutes and so we we're on like a 30 minute timer to get everything in and out uh brian howell it's his birthday today today definitely tweet at brian howell give him a happy birthday he deserves it he's a great guy uh but Brian said, you know, if you want to get me out of here a little early, uh, feel free. And Mel laughed. And about halfway through, everything started to die and got quiet. And it looked like things were about to end. And then uh, and then I had to ask about the NCAA player rights thing. And then all of a sudden, like, everybody has questions after that. And Mel, like, pointed me at me after and was like, ah, we almost got out of here. We almost got out of here early, but then you had to keep things. And I was like, ah, yeah. Uh, football coach jokes. Okay, um, here's what he had to say. Uh, feel good about practice. It's been physical practices. Um, they feel like the same practices as last week, which were also really good practices, if you remember. Um, I do, because this is my entire life, is remembering how good practices were a week ago and three weeks ago and a month ago. Ask me about some random Tuesday practice three months ago, and I'll give you an answer. Okay, um, we'll move on from there. Uh, feel good about the UCLA. Uh, stopping the running game is going to be tough. In case you haven't heard, and we'll dig into all of this kind of stuff later on, but UCLA has a pretty incredible running game. Um, they're averaging something like 200 rushing yards a week or 200 rushing yards uh, per game over the last week. Um, not week, month. You know, it's a lot. <laughs> and the it's it's not gonna be easy to stop buffs have obviously like been pretty solid against the run it's been the passing game that's gotten them uh again we'll dig into that he feels good about it uh have to do better tackling um was asked about tyler lytle um he said he was teasing him talking to tyler saying you know how long are you gonna milk this um <laughs> lo- love that and so he said we don't really know whether he's going to be ready. There's a decent chance. Um, talked about the execution, game of inches. I don't think anything that we haven't spoken about there. I'm just like running through the notes trying to spur anything in my head that I feel like I need to get out. Um, any level of frustration after penalties? Actually, yes. Um, yeah. He, he said that he doesn't like to get frustrated. He said that he doesn't feel like it's helpful in any in, in any way. Uh, you you just have to find a way to get the message across. Um, here's what he said. He said it can be something as simple as I am rushing the quarterback and I'm at the level of the quarterback. I just have to mirror the throwing hand, so he has to throw around my hand. That makes a difference. In tackling, it could be taking two more steps before I go go off the diving board and dive for a guy. It could be hand placement, having hands inside at pad level to get a block and sustain a block and to not get a holding call. This That is a lot of drill work and film study. You show them how they did it wrong and how to do it right. 
that is what we have to do. Continue to find ways to get our guys better. I've seen improvement in a lot of areas. That's encouraging. There's a difference between being disappointed and being discouraged. When I don't see the execution at the level with which we need to have, I'm disappointed, but I am not discouraged. Yeah, it's good stuff. Said some very nice things about Jalen Sammy. Uh, he's a good, big, strong. Uh, he's excited that he's healthy. Um, he also spoke about Montez taking hits. He said, there's a time and a place for everything. When you need to get down, it's time to get down and you slide. You don't have to take that hit, but sometimes you have to take the hit. I have a lot of confidence in Steven. He competes at a high level. He plays really hard. We ask him to run the ball and he runs it. When he needs to extend plays, he tries to extend plays. You never want to see any of the players get hurt. That is a scary moment. Um, bowl game stuff. He said, right now our focus is on UCLA. And I think that that is uh, most of what I wanted to talk about. Uh, he did end it. He, he did say, it takes what it takes to end the press conference. Love that. You know that I love that line. Um, probably about time to move along, though. This is on the like dangerous area where it could turn into a long podcast on a day when I was not going to have a long podcast. Um, so yeah, uh, want to tell you now about Denver rubber company and we love them. We love them for a bunch of reasons. Um, first of all, we love supporting local businesses and we hope that you do too. And Denver rubber company, as you may notice by its name is a local company. Um, it's very reliable and probably the most reliable local partner you'll find, uh, long-term projects, short-term projects. They've been around since 1972. They provide the highest quality of products from custom die cut gaskets, molded rubber to custom contract manufacturing and custom hoses. Uh, Denver Rubber Company offers innovative solutions to serve a diverse line of industries, including aerospace, pharmaceuticals, uh, construction, medicine, military, electronics, and so much more. An ISO certified company it will work with you from design to final product. It's both cost-effective and it will meet your requirements. If you're in need of custom design, material selection for your project, or have a deadline to make for a large order, do not hesitate to call Denver Rubber Company. Call them today at 1-800-259-0010 or you can uh, visit them at drcfirst.com dnvr. And then they'll know that we sent you. Okay. Uh, back in now for the final segment. As always, you guys know how the podcast works at this point. Um, and this is the comment section where we hear what you guys have to say. And we had three comments. Uh, two from Sunny Rain, one from Silver Buff. The diehards. Uh, Silver Buff said, does RG Rick George being on the uh, NIL committee help see you transition to the new payment rules? Hope to see a Buffs QB in a commercial with Frank Azar, the strong arm. Um, <laughs> a lot I want to dig into there. So let's start with the important stuff, which is uh, if no Buffs quarterbacks wind up being in a Frank Azar strong arm ad, this whole thing has been a waste. Like what more could you want out of an NIL deal than exactly that? The strong arm, Frank Azar with Steven Montez. Can you imagine like you get them both out there throwing footballs? I... I might have to just like write this ad and then send it into Frank Azar and be like, dude, you got to make this happen. Um, look at how gold this opportunity is. Um, so yeah, 
Uh, I think you also asked about Rick George being on the NIL. Sure, whatever. Uh, just kidding. Um, yes, yes, that is huge. Uh, I'm actually not sure. I haven't dug too deep into the new NIL rule. Should mention that. Um, like I said, it, the news broke during the press conference today, and so I didn't get a chance. I would have loved to have asked, like, hey, Steven, what do you think of those NCAA football video games? And and any one of them. Like, LaVisca Chenault, somebody who doesn't normally talk that much, I bet he has some big takes on that. Um, what, how would you feel about being in a video game? All of these guys would just be pumped to be in a video game. Um, just thinking about my reaction if somebody made me in a video game, uh, first of all, I'd probably be pretty upset about everything. Could you imagine, like, little <laughs> little virtual Henry out on a football field, five foot eight, one fifty five? <laughs> I'm not like fast or strong. I have no skills that translate to football. I could probably sit back there and make good decisions at quarterback, but only if I could see. And there's no way I could throw the ball. Okay, that actually sounds like a lot of fun. Um, spiraling, definitely spiraling. Got to get back on topic. Uh, Rick George was on the committee, though, that voted in favor unanimously of allowing uh, college athletes to profit off their own likenesses. And obviously that's a huge step. Uh, Who knows if it happens if it isn't for uh, the state of California passing the law that they passed about a month ago. Um, But it is good to see that the NCAA is understanding what's happening, understanding what's the future of the sport, what these kids actually kind of need to survive. Um, you know, the, the, the cost of living stipend or, or, or like the, the, the rent stipend isn't affected by cost of living. So if you're living in like the middle of nowhere college town out in Kansas or something, you're, you're getting the same amount of rent money as somebody who's living in Boulder, which, I mean, that right there is just a problem. And there are so many problems throughout this whole thing. And hopefully, by just letting a little more money leak in, um, this will solve some issues. But Rick George on the committee voted unanimously. I do not know the size of the committee. Have not had time to dig into that. We'll probably dig into this a little more deeply tomorrow. Uh, yeah, I really do think we will. Um, but yes, it helps. It helps see you a lot because they're going to decide what exactly these rules are. Um, are there, are there caps to, what a player can make off of his likeness uh are are there limits to who can make these deals with athletes do they all have to be approved by somebody um does a cut have to go to the school or to the NCAA or to some charity i don't even know like there's so much they could do with this that having somebody who has i mean CU's interest first rick george i bet he'd be he'd definitely be willing to say you know I'm here to do what's best for Colorado one, what's best for college athletics second. And what's going to happen is you get enough of those voices that all of it's going to kind of balance out because everybody's just voting for what's best for them and also a tiny bit for what's best for everybody. So yes, um, I don't know exactly how it will help, but just having his voice, a CU-centric voice, a mind that's coming from Boulder in every one of those combinations, or not combinations, committees, uh, is going to be huge. So, good question. Definitely give you the yes. Uh, Sunny Rain has two comments. First, Henry, on KJ Trujillo, I'm very impressed. Yeah, he's probably a few hefty meals shy of 175 pounds. They list him 165. And he might be a few hefty meals shy of 165. He has me, but I'm like 155 pounds. Um, I, I don't know. 
if if any of you have the connections to weigh KJ Trujillo, I would love for you to do that. Um, I'm not surprised at all that he's been able to contribute early in his career. He was a very solid cornerback in high school as well. He looks like a long-term answer. By the way, the touchdown to Vaughn, it was really just a great pass more than anything. That ball was fit into a toaster slot. Yep, and KJ said the same thing. Like that back shoulder pass, like he was like, I was in position through the back shoulder pass. Um, really great ball, and I still almost like timed my feet up right so that I could get outside and get the ball. Like, yeah, it it was not a bad play on KJ's part at all. Um, but two years, three years from now, I think he knocks that ball away. Uh, I'd say two years from now, he knocks that ball away. Three years from now, he picks that ball off. Um, looking ahead to UCLA, I'm hoping we can put the brakes on running back Joshua Kelly. We know he's their engine on offense, but I do note that Dorian Thompson-Robinson has been improving as a passer, and I think he's starting to use his feet more of late as well. That's not what we'd want to see coming our way. Oh, and they have some freshman dude at wide receiver named Kyle Phillips who's a handful. Oh, this is going to be a tough game. We have to get it in the end zone, and I mean often. We can't have dumb penalties kill drives. It's touchdowns and not threes, or this is another game that can go sideways in a hurry. Yeah, and like I said, we're going to dig deeply into all of this tomorrow, but I think that those are good takes. Stopping the running game is going to be really hard. Like Part of the reason that they've had the success is that, yeah, dual threat quarterback, and he's playing this week. Um, they're, they're good. Dorian's back for his sophomore season I believe yeah definitely a sophomore um and yeah he's getting better we'll dig into all of that tomorrow but their their offense can just kind of like leak through a defense in, in a way that's honestly kind of scary you know you can see it you can have everything shut down and then all of a sudden Dorian Thompson Robinson just gets out of the pocket and runs and turns I mean, maybe he turns a sack into a three-yard gain. Maybe he turns a throwaway into a five, six-yard gain. And those little things, those are what add up. And then if you let him actually break free for big gains, that's how these quarterbacks can beat you. So, yeah, this this offense is pretty good. The defense, eh, eh. Um, get back to the comment. Amazing that just a little more than a month ago, I was saying Chip Kelly is brutally awful and one of the worst coaches in the country. That hasn't aged well. Whatever, they still suck. Go Buffs. <laughs> Love it. Um, yeah, see, like, that's the thing is that that's how, that's why sports are so much fun because when somebody's good, you're just like, oh, yeah, you're the best ever. When they're bad, you're like, eh, trash, worse in the country. Um, turns out, something in the middle, almost always true. Um, Chip Kelly really isn't good, though. Uh, he's not going to last long. No way. Um, okay. Uh, last comment, also from Sunny Rain. Oh yeah, almost forgot. Shout out to Nate Landman, who I saw get a pass breakup while in zone coverage last week. I saw that, Nate. I know you're probably not listening to this, but I saw that, LOL. Awesome. They're learning. Definitely. Definitely. Um, like I said a couple weeks ago, I was pretty harsh on Nate, and I didn't have many good things to say about him, and in part because he, he made a couple mistakes, and there weren't many p- plus plays. You know, he wasn't doing anything that was, like, popping, and so that's what makes it onto my coverage as a media member. If you're bad, you get on. If you're good, you get on. If you're making a couple mistakes early, I'm going to mention that, and if you're kind of just quiet the next few weeks, I'm not going to say anything that's going to sound like 
I don't think you're a good football player. You know, Nate is a very good football player. He's somebody who can learn. He's somebody who I think is capable of stepping up in zone coverage. He did have a pass breakup. I can't I can't remember seeing it though. I still have to go through that game one more time and lock everything in. Um Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I do think that he's improving. Um I don't know whether he's going to go with the draft. I think it was Silver Buff, actually, who was on Twitter talking about this today, and I almost chimed in, but had a bunch of actual work to do instead of Twitter clout work to do. Um, and uh, I think that Silver Buff kind of hit on the head when he said, you know, Nate should probably come back, improve his coverage, and I'll bump up his draft stock. And I agree. Uh, if I'm an NFL team, I'm scared to draft him. I think that he's... <sighs> There's just so there's just a huge chance that he's like a th- almost like a three four inside linebacker like the two down guy the guy who gets pulled in passing situations and you just put him back there as a tackler he's he's gonna stop the run game I think back a couple years ago to like the Broncos Brandon Marshall Todd Davis um, when or Brandon Marshall Danny Trevathan when Brandon Marshall could kind of cover. Danny Trevathan was just an animal in the run game, and you just have those combinations, which was always weird because, like, Trevathan's the more athletic guy, but he didn't quite have the cover chops. Not that Brandon Marshall was great at either. Um, Inside linebackers were not the strength of that 2015 defense. But I I see the same thing with Nate, where he could be, like, one of your linebackers, but probably the one who comes off the field when you're looking to pass it all. And that's not a guy that teams are super excited about adding to their team. Um but like I said, I do think he can grow, and I think that that's a good reason for him to stick around for another year. And and he knows the system now, and he, I think there's a chance that he could really break out if he came back next year. I think that with everybody else kind of growing around him, I, I think that that could put him in some much better situations, situations to make plays, maybe even make plays that cover for him if there are those mistakes that linger. Uh, yeah. Okay, that's going to do it for today. Leave your comments for tomorrow. Uh, Excited to hear all those. Um, I'll be back up in Boulder tomorrow morning talking to some football players about football, and I'm going to have some interesting stuff to bring back to you guys. Uh, Also want to dig into this NCAA stuff. Uh, Huge news, huge news. And before I can dig into it, though, I need to have a couple minutes free to read about it so I don't don't lie. Okay, Uh, if you guys haven't signed up yet, I have an awesome story dropping tonight. Uh, like a thousand words on the physical running style of Steven Montez, where it came from, where it's going. Uh, LaVisca Chenault, the same way, recovering from injury because he is that physical type. I uh, wrote a story yesterday. Oh, what was it? Oh, talking. I talked to Tim Lenott, uh, Steven Montez, and Mel Tucker about the the false starts for this offensive line and where those come from. And and there's actually something there. It's, it's that move call, and Oregon got them jumping over and over. And Washington State, USC were both using it as well. That's what's happening with the, the uh, false starts, but they just can't seem to stop it. Uh, if you want to read, again, like a thousand words about all that, their thoughts, where they're kind of thinking about fixing that, that kind of stuff, uh, also up on the website for subscribers only. So subscribe. Uh, uh if, if you do become a member at the DNVR, use my promo code Hank, H-A-N-K, and then I'll, I'll impress people. I'm not going to actually win like the reward for getting the most subscribers. I'll tell you that right now. But uh, can make it respectable. Kind of like my uh, poll, the DNVR poll about whether it's a blizzard outside where I am just getting roasted. Okay, uh, I'm going to get out of here. 
hope you guys have a great day and I will talk to you again on Wednesday. And see you later, baby. baby. Colorado Army with soldiers like the Navy. Yeah. And voters where we stationed, patiently awaiting. Oh. When I hit the field, it's so hard to behave. Yeah. I'm Colorado swagging as the crowd do the wave. Look into my eyes, I can tell that you afraid. Uh-huh. Cause you know we finna hit you. Hit you. Hit you. Hit you. Hey. Hey. you on your own now. Why you watching the official? Yeah. You just better hope you make it to the next whistle. Yeah. And we ain't playing with you, you can get it.